0: This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Owe oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. the Politics, Politics, Politics program for December 16th, 2022. As we move into the holiday season, the meat of the holiday season, Happy Hanukkah to all who celebrate and uh, Merry Christmas as we uh, move into that week as well. But we got some nutritious political content here for you. I've come to uh, a, a, a specific thought and feeling when it comes to the only campaign currently active for the presidency in 2024. And that is that Donald Trump looks tired. And I mean that in a very Hovian sense. I'll explain in a second. Also the Fed has raised their interest rates again this the highest in 15 years we will investigate exactly what that means and why it is a sign that at the very least they believe that we are possibly seeing an element of cooling and we will be joined by the one the only Tom Merritt of Daily Tech News show to discuss the Twitter files cultural political Journalistic. Oh, just a two-old journalist talking about what journalists love talking about the most: journalism. All that. Bird First. In the December 25th, 2005, Christmas special of Doctor Who, the doctor played by David Tennant, is horrified that the British Prime Minister would use a space ray to destroy aliens who had been convinced to peacefully leave Earth. It's a classic trope for Doctor Who, which always highlights creative pacifism over brute force. The Prime Minister cries that she is only defending her human constituency, but those fall on deaf ears as the doctor threatens to take down the prime minister's government in only one word. Actually, he adds, six words.
1: Don't you think she looks tired?
0: As we approach Christmas 2022, those words continue to echo in my mind, but not about the fictional prime minister or Doctor Who. No, it's about this guy. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called
1: Trump Digital Trading Cards.
0: Last week on this program, we broke down the Trump playbook and why some of his hand-picked Senate candidates simply could not or would not follow it. But over the last week, there was another thought that popped in my mind. Is Trump himself following the Trump playbook from 2016? Here's the reality of what's happened in the month since Trump announced his candidacy. He has held zero in-person rallies, including none for Herschel Walker in Georgia. He has underperformed his RealClearPolitics average in two out of the last three most recent polls for the GOP nomination in 2024. That's with all of the candidates listed. His closest rival, Ron DeSantis, has outperformed his RCP average in the same two polls. And meanwhile, DeSantis has been shown to beat Trump in head-to-head polls, both nationally and in specific states. On issues that Donald Trump could make himself more relevant, like the Biden administration's failure to secure stranded Marine Paul Whelan in a prisoner exchange for Victor Boot, he's demurred. Not any. This was an easy deal. An easy deal. The the, the worst deal ever that, that it was botched by uh, Joe Biden. I would have made that deal a billion times better. I'm the deal man after all. Look at all the deals I did when I was president. Not any of them are as embarrassing as the deal that Joe Biden just made. You could almost read the tweets. And yet, crickets. No, he... Instead, on his vastly underred Truth Social app, posts about his favorite subject incessantly, the 2022 election, more specifically, how he did not lose it. Of course, that's in-between bargain-basement chum ads promising miracle skin cures made out of lemon and baking soda that these doctors hate. And amongst the cacophony of failures that is surrounding Donald Trump right now, the fact that Truth Social can't find anybody of note or value to advertise on their most valuable content has to rank among them. Quote Rich Lowry, the editor of National Review, writing in Politico, Quote, so far, Trump is having the worst campaign launch since Beto O'Rourke. A move that was supposed to demonstrate his strength is showing his weakness. A move that was meant to keep other candidates out of the race is an invitation to other candidates to get in. A move that was supposed to serve notice of his continued dominance of the party is pointing toward its potential end. He's been eclipsed as an internet troll by Elon Musk, as a vote-getter by Ron DeSantis. He's managed to get the worst of both Worlds. He's been largely invisible, and at the same time, he's been involved in several damaging controversies. His midterms got even worse with the final thudding defeat of one of his prized political projects, Herschel Walker, in the Georgia Senate runoff. Lowry concludes, in short, it's hard to imagine how Trump could have a worse month-long run. Ordinarily, one might say, as a way of exaggerating to emphasize the point that it only could have been worse if he had dinner with a Nazi. But of course, he did that too. End quote. And in the night, he heard him talk. The coldest story ever told. Because somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul. And when it comes to Donald Trump not to be heartless, but I think, well... Don't you think he looks tired? He's on autopilot. The announcement to capture the media attention and announce himself as the protagonist of the 2024 election was him acting on instinct, a floundering fighter, firing a combination from muscle memory. Because what used to make that special, what used to make him unique, wasn't the fact that he would make a splash. It was the fact that he would follow through with it. The 2016 Donald Trump would have done any interview he could after announcing. The 2016 Donald Trump would have been in Georgia. The 2016 Donald Trump would have lashed out at Ron DeSantis the second there was a poll showing somebody not named Donald Trump in the lead. The 2016 Donald Trump would have broken whatever deal he made with Truth Social so he could be back on the platform for which he is the center of our political three ring circus. Trump is not a wait-and-see candidate, at least when he succeeds. When he succeeds, he's a Zerg rush in a red tide, a never-ending MAGA tsunami. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Or at least, he was. Maybe this segment is going to age incredibly poorly. Maybe this MP3 will be added to the wing of the Trump Presidential Library titled Losers Who Doubted Me and Root to Becoming Donnie Two Times. Or maybe the put everything into every effort at all times, outwork any other candidate, feed the media the likes of which they have never been fed in their lives before, Maybe that's a grind. Maybe it'd be a grind for any human being. I'm sure a lot of politicians younger than Trump would have loved to do way more on the road, do way more interviews. But it wears on. Probably even worse for a 76-year-old germaphobe. Maybe he's full of himself. Maybe he thinks the world owes him something. Maybe he thinks that his time in the White House entitles him to a COVID-free one-on-one with Joe Biden. Maybe. I'd love to ask him. But right now, he appears to be sleeping. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading and subscribing to the Politics, Politics, Politics program. This is entirely listener supported. If you would like to support the show, you can head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Get on into the big tent. Just a dollar a week. That's what you get charged. If you would like bonus content, specifically two bonus podcasts each and every week. Well, you can sign up at the $3 level. At that level, you get a bonus podcast on Monday morning. You get a bonus podcast on Thursday morning. And on those bonus podcasts, you get to soak up all of the news that we can't cover on our free podcasting schedule. And I got to say, I love doing those shows. I, I love the community that we have built. And that'll be it. One of my my, my 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 Hanukkah gifts to all of our uh, all of our community will be to to keep this ad segment short. Takepoliticsseriously.com. Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised its benchmark interest rate to the highest level in 15 years, indicating that its fight against inflation is not over, despite some promising signs, including the fact that runaway inflation seems to be slowing a bit. Keeping with expectations, the rate setting... Federal Open Market Committee voted to boost the overnight borrowing rate a half of a percentage point, taking it to a targeted range between 4.25 and 4.5. The increase broke a string of four straight three-quarter point hikes, the most aggressive policy move since the early 1980s. Along with the increase came an indication that officials expect to keep rates higher through the next year with no reductions until 2024. The expected terminal rate, Or point when officials expect to end the rate hikes was put at 5.1%, according to the FMOC's dot plot of individual members' expectations. Now, investors on the stock market initially reacted negatively to the expectation that rates might stay higher for longer. During a press conference, Chairman Jerome Powell said it was important to keep up the fight against inflation so that the expectation of higher prices does not become entrenched. "Quote." Inflation data received too far for October and November show a welcome reduction in the monthly pace of price increases, but it will take substantially more evidence to have confidence that inflation is on a sustained downward path. In any other world, the Fed raising uh, rates half a point would be gigantic news. But in our world of the beatings will continue until morale improves. The fact that this was not another three-quarter rate increase is pretty positive, at least not negative, at least not as bad as it could be. In fact, that would be a great way to describe this situation with inflation. Not as bad as it could be. Still, good news for Joe Biden over the uh, uh, intervening days that uh, uh, we last recorded a podcast where we were talking about Joe Biden's approval rating. Indeed, on Wednesday, the fresh new pile of Joe Biden approval ratings has debuted. And like we uh, uh, speculated on Wednesday's show, we're into the single digits now. The Real Clear Politics average has Biden only underwater by 8.7%. So that is a pretty substantial twist. From where things are, it is a good week, a good week for Joe Biden. It looks as if that the Brittany Griner situation, the low gas prices, and the fact that nothing is shut down during the holidays—you know, even with COVID rates up—there has not been any kind of material change in the lives that people are living. And indeed, we are beginning to see more and more of what one might say is normalcy. I am not here to tell you that COVID is over, nor am I here to tell you that the economy is doing great. I do believe we will enter a recession next year. And how Joe Biden's approval ratings deal with that? Well, we can cross that bridge when we come to it. But considering how embattled the Democrats were throughout this year, considering how dire... Things got during the summer. I think if you are on Team Blue, well, Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Our guest today is no stranger to the program, nor is he to my heart. He is the icon of daily tech news show somebody who has covered the tech sector for oh so many years he has an authoritative voice not only when it comes to that field but also on this program uh, issues ranging uh, far and wide up to and including all of the united kingdom's political system he is the one the only tom Merritt. welcome to the show tom
1: Oh, Justin, thank you so much. Uh, As someone with a journalism degree who covers technology, Uh I couldn't be happier that you've brought me on to talk about journalism.
0: Oh, we're talking about journalism. We're going to (laughs) get into a journalism conversation. We're going to talk about the Twitter files uh, because I think that it's very, very interesting for a lot of different reasons. Not the least of which is the reaction to it, which we can spend as much or as little time as we want. But let's start here. In terms of, from your perspective, the amount of conversation that's gone around Twitter's content moderation for the last six years, uh, uh, how well do you think it was covered before this a uh, uh, data dump? And obviously, this this gigantic left turn that that Elon Musk buying the company and and dumping all this stuff through intermediaries was. Uh, or you know, what was it covered well in your opinion? Poorly? You watch this stuff more than anybody else.
1: You mean the mo- the moderation? The moderation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have as someone who covers technology and has covered technology daily since two thousand five. Uh, I i have an arm's length approach to how it is covered yeah Uh, in general forget just twitter uh, i think people start to creep into their own biases really fast when they talk about moderation and that is not to say there isn't a problem with moderation or that moderation isn't needed uh, but the conversations tend to go quickly to uh whether speech people liked or didn't like was allowed or disallowed instead of what makes good moderation decisions, forget what the speech is, what makes good moderation. There's has been. Uh, prior to the Twitter files, very little conversation about the mechanics of moderation. Yes. And it's always about the effects. And I don't think much changed uh, with the Twitter files. Most of the conversations I've seen around this. Uh, and one of the reasons we we covered it only briefly on Daily Tech News Show was there's not a lot of technology conversation going on here. Uh, no. It's in almost entirely about personality and decision making uh, on the effects side and on the culture side, rather than on the mechanics of policy and all of that
0: yeah i think that there is an interesting thing that's kind of come up through it of exactly what moderation was the 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 tools by which you know whether it was you know there were there were different levels of do not propagate in search versus do not go viral versus you know the various different like like levels there that i thought was interesting but but i want to i want to go back to what you said initially because this has been my experience in uh you know reading these stories about moderation which is that it really our standard up until now has been it's a black box there is a group of people they are making the decisions you need to know the results but you don't even really deserve an explanation nor is, sometimes if somebody says hey is this result happening they don't owe you any kind of confession that it is uh, it is the, the 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 platform is the platform the tos is the tos and there is very little beyond, I think, very basic outreaches to say like, all right, this is this is even what the rules are.
1: I, I actually think that's even exaggerated, uh, okay. and not that, not that you're wrong. Uh, there there's not as nearly as much communication about moderation policy as there should be. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you actually go into Twitter's help section or did, I, I haven't checked to see if it's still there, to be honest, but, uh, they used to have a pretty extensive explanation and, and it wasn't always there, uh, there, there, it was years ago that they're like, okay, we're going to put this up. And it was under Jack Dorsey that I think they got better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of when we when when we encounter this kind of complaint, here's what we're going to do. Uh, here are the types of speech that we're going to pay attention to and decide whether to uh, limit them or delete them, uh, or ask, uh, the, the person to delete them or suspend the account. Uh, there, there were really good details on all of that stuff. Uh, where you could have used more detail is definitions, you know, of, you know, okay, well, what do you consider hate speech and, and all yeah. of that? Um, and, and that's where a lot of this Twitter files talk is, a, is about, which is well, i I think we knew the policy uh it, it was there it's just a matter of 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 the fun of of watching them try to fit their preconceptions about what should be allowed to the policies they had so So I personally don't feel like Twitter was doing a horrible job of being transparent about about their their actual policies. They were there, but people just don't pay attention to them they, and pretended like they weren't there because it served their ends to bash. Anybody for what actually made it on the site or stayed on the site, uh, and 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 this just showed that that was also happening internally, where they were like, you know, what we know that the policy is there, but maybe we're a little fuzzy on the definition. So hacked materials, you know, doxing, maybe this fits that. Uh, those are never-ending battles. Don't get me wrong, in yes. definitions, but there could there could have been. And probably should have been more focused on continuing to define uh, versus leaving them rather fuzzy.
0: Or regular check-ins for examples on what on what some of these decisions were. And I think that, that 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 where I think that you erode trust is not to say whether or not it was listed somewhere on the website, because there was mm-hmm. no doubt that Twitter at times were was better and worse at doing that. Sure. What does erode trust is whether or not you believe you, the random Twitter user. And again, let's also understand that Twitter, like Camelot, is a very silly place. <laughs> let's understand that, that everybody has their own biases. And very rarely is it when you're at your most calm and tranquil do you come to Twitter to discuss them. But if you, the Twitter user, believes that the enforcement is being done correctly based on the rules that are listed, then you have more faith. If you believe that they are being done incorrectly then you have less faith it feels like we are seeing a sea change where where on political lines some people thought things were very very good before and now they think it is less so and 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 that seesaw is rising on the opposite end
1: yeah and 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 to be honest uh, that that just goes back to my original point of people are having these conversations based on what they think they saw versus what's actually happening. Uh, and all the studies I've seen have been that Twitter doesn't, hasn't done historically a lot of moderation to begin with. Uh, yeah, but when it has become aware of particular kinds of moderation, that it's not the worst offender. It does it fairly, pretty even-handedly. It doesn't seem to tilt egregiously one way or the other. It's got a little bit of a tilt, but no more tilt than you have in, in all sorts of journalism and Silicon Valley sort of stuff, and possibly even less of a tilt uh, to the left than you have in those but no one cares. No one because everybody's like, yes, but I want to make my point. So let me find an example uh, that I can point to rather than talk about large numbers. Uh, and and what is interesting about the Twitter files to me is here's large Piles of examples. It's, it's 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 no more numbers. It's no more ways to to kind of back off and see what's really going. Uh, but it has flooded the market with examples, uh, and I think that has confused people because instead of having the one example they could all rally around, they've got too many to choose from.
0: All right, Tom, put on your your your, your journalism hat. Mm. What is your journalism take on this process? A man buys a company. He now Mm -hmm. has access to all the old emails, all the old Slack messages, decides not to release it himself, but to give it to handpicked independent uh, or at least substack primarily uh, independent journalism entities. Does not give it to the Wall Street Journal, does not give it to the New York Times, does not give it to NBC News, doesn't give it to Breitbart. Right. Like like it wasn't explicitly a, a conservative thing. What do you, what is, what is your take on this? Because I could talk about this element of it for for a million years.
1: Well, I'm glad we've got to the most important part of this story, Justin. (laughs) Uh, And And honestly, I think that the journal and of course it's two journalists about to say this so take this with a huge huge full bottle of salt uh but i think the the journalism aspect of this may end up being more significant than the revelations in the files themselves which is to say uh it's a seminal moment where the pentagon papers weren't published by the Washington Post, they were published by independent journalists. Uh, we, have, we have seen one of, maybe not the most important stories of the day, but certainly one of the flashiest, you know, one, one that, that's gotten a lot of attention and has made worldwide headlines uh, being reported by independent reporters, people outside of the mainstream news system. And I think that is significant. What bugs me a tiny bit is that it was also published on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem for Taibi or Weiss or any of them uh, to work with the source. That is, there's a long journalistic tradition about cultivating a source and getting things straight from the source. Uh, it sounds like, from what I've read, that this was not irresponsibly uh, divulged. That a lot of these are just screenshots, and that's all Taibi ever got. He didn't. He didn't get access to the systems himself, uh, which is a you know, which is a responsible way to handle this, but. Why wasn't it published on a Substack? Uh why did it have to be published on Twitter? Well, because, uh, that, was, because that was
0: that was that was an agreed to condition. That was well, that yes, was
1: but why why was that the condition? I'm not sure. I I I I'm I'm if that's the only way to get it published, maybe, maybe I would make the same decision in Tybee's uh, place, but it seems to be better to say like, and just to make sure there's no question about our, our influence on this story, we're letting them publish it wherever they want would have been a good move.
0: So I got a million thoughts again. uh, uh, Number one, I totally agree with you. I do think that the idea of, are, and we have talked about this since the moment that we started podcasting. the The concept of all the old media dinosaurs. Oh boy, they're all going to die eventually, and and who'll be there to pick up the pieces? Us, the independent content creators. And you know, that was a long term bet. I, I think all of us that were that were, were uh, pounding our, our our spears into the ground back in the back in the yachts might have thought it would have happened a little a little faster than, than, than it has, but I do think that this is a moment for which the old gatekeepers could not change how this happened. Elon mm-hmm. Musk had his own money, bought the company, and and w- w- with the decision to go to whoever he wanted with this story, he went to two people that were independent. So in terms of that, I think that is, a, a in a media story kind of way, very, very interesting and and a bit of a watershed. As for the conditions, number one, Insider did report that Barry that Weiss has access to internal Twitter communication. So they have at least reported that that she is looking through, uh, she has access to look through emails and
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, Slack logs. The condition that both of them, I believe, have disclosed are that the information that they're writing about has to appear on Twitter first. Not to say that it prohibits them mm. from posting everything on Substack sure. in, in, in a longer form way, but that it begins on Twitter. For which I think is another fascinating element because it is Twitter as a media company, the likes of which we have not seen. And of course, it begins with Twitter's favorite topic, Twitter.
1: Twitter, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like journalists love talking about journalism. Twitter loves talking about Twitter. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, that still bugs me. That but that condition bugs me. That that it has yeah. to be on Twitter first because it is very clearly and and I think understandably a, a, a way for uh, Twitter to make sure that <laughs> folks are coming to Twitter at a time when a lot of folks yep. don't want to come to Twitter anymore.
0: Yeah, some folks for now.
1: So there's a self interested there's a self interested motive oh, there. Yeah, which it is. When you're covering a story, you are you, that always raises your hackles.
0: It is Elon Musk as for profit publisher. Yeah. Now, if you look at it like that, then what's the difference to say that Elon Musk has bought a a a, a magazine and he wants to hire two of his favorite writers and he wants to give them a, bun- a bunch of information that he has so they will do the best job in in preparing it. We wouldn't have much of a problem with that. That is that that is him owning a media company and and staffing it with four or I mean, he, he apparently has not hired anybody. He just gave it to him and, and said, this yeah, is the yeah. only reason to do it.
1: Well, I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had about what does that change about Twitter if it becomes a publishing, you know, it starts publishing its own content. But I don't think that necessarily conversation ends up in it being like, that's a bad thing for Twitter. It just yeah. changes, you know, how we perceive Twitter and we, we don't perceive Twitter that way now. So just kind of coming out and doing it without saying that this is what we're doing, uh, ha- it has an effect on the perception. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also think it's way different when the New York Times publishes a story about an internal investigation at the New York Times, and they go to great lengths to talk about the independence they gave their reporters. And generally speaking, those stories are broken by the Washington Post or somebody else. They're not broken by the New York Times. So Twitter... Publishing about itself again has a bunch of internal conflicts of interest that it needs to address if it's going to handle that in a in a responsible way. Which I don't think we're addressing. Although here.
0: no, I don't know though because I've read a yeah. lot of articles that have been about departed leadership or departed content career, like you know uh, writers or, or or stuff like mm-hmm, that that, mm-hmm. that I think has been responsible and, that's what and this is well about
1: done. Yeah, yeah. I this know. is
0: about people that aren't there anymore or or no longer have power. This is this is them you know, covering themselves in in that vein. And right. that's been done forever.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think this was done the same way that those are done. It um, certainly but,
0: was not because no. there's a lot of new things going on here. But uh, uh, one thing that I think we can all agree on, left, right and center, regardless of what you believe is in the Twitter files, and this is where we can segue a little bit into technology, mm. the concept of reading these 30, 40, 50, uh, 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 tweet threads. is just horrendous. Uh, you know, <laughs> on on mobile, it always wants to push me to somewhere in the middle, or if it's yeah. in the middle of it publishing, it'll, it'll cut off certain places and go to what are effectively comments on, on each tweet. Tech wise. Is this the use case for a better, longer form of uh, writing integration via Twitter?
1: Yes, <laughs> and I think I think there's lots of cool and responsible ways to do that on Twitter's part. And in fact, they were kind of moving that way very slowly. Yes, uh, over the years, one of the reasons they bought Get Review or not Get Review, that's just their URL. Review R E V U E was to integrate it to allow longer form content to be integrated with Twitter. Review is like Substack. Uh, that's probably why we're hearing rumors that Musk has been you know spouting off that maybe he wants to buy Substack. Uh, yeah because you know it's it's basically a more popular and supercharged version of review and then he would just merge those together uh the talk of four thousand word uh, character limit posts on Twitter has set some people's hair on fire, but if you think it through, if it's a 280 character preview and yes. then you press expand to get the other 4,000 characters, it doesn't muck up your surfing ability, no. and it's way better than having to navigate 4,000 words that are strung out across 45 different posts in a Twitter thread. I, th- I think that's that's a a wonderful possibility, uh, a, a wonderful solution. Uh, to that so so yeah i i I think i think twitter would benefit from that the the character limit uh i think could still kind of have its effect if it's you know this these are the only characters people are going to see they're going to have to click to expand more because that's a a, that's a motivation to say those first 280 characters better be real compelling or else nobody's going to click to expand uh and most people will probably stay within those 280 characters then
0: what was the most interesting thing, whether or not you feel that it was impactful or earth shattering or, uh, you know, within the purview of a daily tech news show, but what was the most interesting thing that you've read in the Twitter file dumps that have happened thus far?
1: Yeah, I, this is probably more telling about me than it is, uh, uh you know, <laughs> a, a, a valid observation that will help anyone else understand the story, but, uh, just how they didn't even consider bringing Dorsey into this conversation really. Wow. Uh, told me the, 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 well, wait, This I, is I, the
0: hunter, the hunter one, right?
1: Yeah. The, the first one. Yeah. Uh, my reaction was like, oh yeah, he really was an absentee CEO. Like he just, popped in every once in a while and said y'all should be kind of doing this good yeah. luck don't bother me until the next time because it, to me it wasn't Ooh, don't bring jack in here I've, I've heard some people kind of imply that like well they didn't want to tell jack because he would have overruled them which i don't know maybe he would uh but i didn't get the sense of that at all i got the sense of like oh yeah no we we wouldn't bother jack with anything ever like why would we that's that's just not how we work here and and that that explains a lot about how Jack's leadership often seemed to me to be saying the things Twitter should be doing, but Twitter didn't seem to be doing them. Doing them,
0: yeah. And and there's also a lot that 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 can go into his fractured relationship with the board, which obviously yep. was was something that was uh, bitter until the literal bitter end when he was on the side of Elon buying the company and and uh, uh, pushing that, which we saw in some of the emails that came out via discovery before the lawsuit that didn't happen. The thing to me, aside from, I would say your element was general disorganized. The fact that like these decisions with, with, with import beyond like existential import to Twitter uh, and, and whatever you might think about, you know, what free speech is quote unquote, or, or, or what, what is or isn't falling into that definition. There's no doubt that, the conversations around the Hunter Biden's laptop thing, or banning Trump, or anything like that, needed to be in in a more robust uh, uh, and and leadership driven and decided uh, situation. And and in the Hunter yeah. Biden's laptop thing, it was totally absent, which was insane. Yeah, uh, when when you're reading emails of like Rokana in dc saying hey you guys sure you want to do this like I don't, I don't i'm a democrat and i'm like campaigning for joe biden right now and i don't think this is the best idea like yeah. that that means that you should have had at the very least the people at the top of your organization have to make the final call on that and they have to own it and they have to be comfortable in their reasoning as to why but the most interesting thing to me came from the dump that happened yesterday which was that leadership decided not to ban Trump initially, and it was largely because of an uprising within the company and a leak to the Washington Post with a signed letter uh, with uh, three hundred plus employees signing it that eventually that decision was made, which I, I think is is another example of the fact that leadership did not own that company that, that that company was was you know all companies on some level are an amalgamation of all their people but mm-hmm. uh, you know twitter making a call on a very important thing and then having to reverse it because of an internal revolt is interesting to me very interesting
1: yeah i wonder how much of that is uh, some of it some of it i'm certain is a result of this being a young industry yeah. uh, you, you know it, twitter started in 2006 uh, but that's not very long for us to 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 have created traditions and norms and practices. And this is the ugly way that norms and practices get created. Uh, you know, if, if you look at the yellow journalism of the 1800s when newspapers were still new, yeah, uh, you see way worse, egregious examples of this. Mm-hmm. So, so, so some of it is that. Some of that is this is incredibly young. I wonder if some of it isn't fed by work from home. Uh, the fact that you don't have people running into each other in the office and having uh, you know, short-circuited conversations where a manager can say like, hold on, everybody calm down at once kind of kind of conversations versus everybody in Slack channels kind of yeah. amping each other up in their isolated areas. Uh, it, I may be totally off base about that, but I, I, that seems like an interesting avenue of exploration of how much did the change in the way people communicate fuel that. But I also think there's just a, a, a worker culture these days of not trusting managers. And management has to work harder to engender that trust. And when you have an absentee CEO at the top, it's not going to help do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, uh, let me also just illuminate stuff for, for listeners who are not dialed into the world of, of, of Silicon Valley. And correct me if my assumption here is wrong or if I'm, I'm, I'm overstating it. But in general, if you have a company like Twitter that has tremendous growth opportunity. Uh, uh, Mm. any, any of these big name social media companies or tech companies tend to fall into the idea that you need to grow, 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 uh, burn money, uh, uh, so you can capture market share. And then at some point way down the road, we can turn off the growth machine and turn on the money machine. And that's when the money machine is going to work the best. But the way that you show growth is by hiring. And that's why. Every company in in, uh, uh, Silicon Valley is just constantly hiring people. And if you leave one company, you go to another one. It was it was a a, 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 I I don't know what it is now, but uh, because I do think we're moving into a bit of a tech winter. But like it is historically over the last 10 years been a revolving door between a bunch of companies. It didn't really matter much if your operation Mm -hmm. got shut down. You just go across the street. If that's the case. And you only need so many coders. You only need so many effective managers, theoretically. Then what you have is a lot of people that have stake in your office politics that may or may not care whether or not they get fired because yeah. they can go somewhere else. And and I, I do agree that there is a different element of that, that when it's text only, when it's only on Slack or only on Zooms, uh, uh, because you don't have... That that fight or flight element of of adrenaline receding if you are in front of somebody. But I do think that just the very nature of how Silicon Valley or VC funded companies, I don't even put it all in Silicon Valley, but Mm. but the, the VC unicorn or bust mentality, I think, leads to staffs like that.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great way uh, to explain why we are seeing workers being a little harder to keep happy in tech companies, particularly. Um, I've I've heard a lot of talk that those days of just show growth are ending. Yeah, uh, that that we are we are swinging back into what human history has seen most often <laughs> through throughout its history, which is uh, you have to show a, a solid business plan. Uh, not to say that the you know show growth and then eventually turn on the money spigot it didn't work it worked the reason people were for it is not because they're idiots it's it's no. because it worked people companies did it over and over again but it only worked in an era of low inflation and low interest rates and we have neither of those right now so it's it's all changing around uh and I I think this will be an interesting a B test of your idea if that's yeah. true which is hey do we suddenly see workers realize well crap if I if I quit there isn't A tech job across the street, Uh, especially because even though unemployment is still low in the United States, we're seeing layoffs upon layoffs upon layoffs this year in the tech sector. So it is harder to walk across the street than it used to be. Which
0: I think that was the one thing about Musk firing like half the company is that uh, as soon as it happened, I was like, man, every company in San Francisco and Silicon Valley are going to fire less than half less than half of their company because they'll all be able to say, well, at least we didn't Musk it." like yeah, musk yeah. fired half of everybody. Uh,
1: uh, it raised the ceiling layoffs were happening uh, before Twitter, before Musk even bought Twitter, yes. uh, the layoff wave had begun, uh, but he certainly gave them a lot of headroom in the oh, and yeah. for the press department to be like, Oh yeah, no, it doesn't really matter what the number is anymore. It's now going to be less than what Twitter did at least percentage wise.
0: Let's focus on on the the, the musk of it all on the way out of here. Uh, Twitter was supposed to have died a week ago, according to or two weeks ago, according to my Twitter feed. it It has not mm-hmm. as of yet died. There are various people doing the hokey pokey on on uh, uh, being out of Twitter, being, uh, uh, you know, back on Twitter. Question one, is Twitter dying? Question two, if Twitter was dying, what what would we be looking for and what other services would be thriving?
1: I mean, t- Twitter's been dying since 2009. I know Like, like this is Get the rid- first time <laughs> people have, have predicted like, ah, oh, Twitter, it can't boost its monthly active users. Ah, Twitter. It can't bring in the advertisers. Oh wait. It's uh, okay. Uh, now it can't do this. It can't reach scale. Uh, so I, I don't know, Twitter, I feel like is an entity unto itself and it doesn't even <laughs> matter who works at it or who owns it. It just kind of continues to roll along. So, uh, I, I'm not saying Twitter will never die, but I don't see the signs that this is the end for Twitter. It's certainly undergoing a transformation, not for yes. the first time in its history, but uh, it is going to be a different Twitter once before, you know, by the time Elon Musk gets bored uh, changing it and calls himself satisfied and and moves on to another project. Uh, at that point, it'll be interesting to see what form it takes and, and who ends up running it. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think Twitter is going to die. However, I think what it has done uh, or, or what Musk's behavior and people's reaction to it has done is allow us to actually see what else is out there in a way that you couldn't before. Because the problem yes. with these things is always scale, right? It, it's always getting people to stick with them and actually try them in a large enough number To see if they work and and mastodon is definitely uh getting enough people to use it that it's it looks like uh an active viable thing to play with you don't even have to choose it over twitter you can do both and there's some really valuable and interesting stuff happening on mastodon so that's where i'm spending most of my time experimenting right now i haven't left twitter uh, but i am enjoying mastodon and i've created multiple accounts on multiple servers Uh, i think you're seeing a lot of these other alternatives like hive uh, counter social truth social uh, understand the limits of their appeal uh, certainly Hive has understood the limits of only having two or three employees oh when boy. everyone decides they want to use your, that was, that was your a, that service. That was an amazing
0: so. break for people to, yeah. to, to, to stand on, to leave Twitter, especially those security-minded who are like, my personal data is at stake. Uh, Elon fired too many people. Let's go to the website with three employees. Not <laughs> yeah. a joke, not hyperbole. Three no, employees.
1: I believe they may have five now. <laughs> uh, God bless them. They were advertising for more, uh, and, and I, I, think, I hope that I think one day Hive's they'll impressive. have to call ahead
0: for a reservation. That's my hope for Hive. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I feel like Hive Hive is impressive, and if it does if it doesn't survive, uh, someone should hire the entire team that, yes. that kept it as viable as it did. In fact, Elon Musk should hire that team. <laughs> he should just acquire Hive. Uh, and you want some some damn good engineers? There, there's some right there. Uh, I don't get the impression they might take the offer, but you know there you go. Uh, but yeah, I I I feel like Mastodon is the most thriving uh, experiment out there, and and even uh, moving out of experiment into something that will just be another thing uh, that that people use uh i'm not sure about the other ones i feel like tumblr got a little bit of a boost it it was actually doing better than a lot of people think under matt Mellenweg's uh tutelage uh but but yeah, I think uh, I think Tumblr has has had a had a nice boost uh, to continue its revival. So those are my two picks: the Mastodon Fediverse and 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 Tumblr. And uh, I wonder what's going to happen with Twitter Blue, which is an independent, it's just Blue, I guess, uh, independent organization. Organization that Dorsey spun out of Twitter to basically do what Mastodon does, but try to improve on it. Yeah, uh, it hasn't launched yet. It kind of should have launched now uh because what blue could do is give you all the benefits of mastodon where you have like different moderation policies on different servers you can find the server that that best suits your taste uh but also integrate twitter so that that you you wouldn't have to leave twitter you would just move to a different server and still get all of your twitter follows and all your posts
0: on a long enough timeline i think that there's a million different ways that we can communicate online and 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 to me it's a it's more about choosing the experience that you want and the level of intimacy the level of control yeah. that you ha- that, that 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 you have <clears throat>
1: Whether it's blue or Mastodon, some or something else that hasn't been invented yet, some something's gonna gonna crack that nut. I, I think at some point.
0: Well, I think a lot of things have. You know, I think Discord is something that gives you. I mean, when everybody was it, the initial panic over over the the Musk thing and and people saying, oh, follow me on Substack, follow me on Discord, blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, sure, can't knock the hustle. Everybody can grow their their their, their follower count by ringing the bell. Good on you. Those aren't Twitter. They don't give what yeah, Twitter. No, that's why
1: I didn't mention those because they're not they're not similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and and at the end of the day, nothing's Twitter because Twitter has gathered the culture, this mm. very bizarre, weird culture that gives you the World Cup. And uh uh the breaking news. I can I can find out people are reading the deposition for SBF and they are tweeting out screen grabs. Somebody's trying to ruin their career by saying something awful and, and everybody is weighing in on it. It is like what one part the holodeck, one part the the absolute font of all human knowledge, and one part the the Roman Colosseum. And and nothing right now comes close to that as an experience, but Do I think that other experiences will pop up, that other things that are going to be very valuable? Is this going to be too much of a KFC and Taco Bell going forward and we're going to want to separate them out? Who knows? But we will all be able to follow the developments of everything by way of Tom Merritt and the Daily Tech News Show. Uh, Tom, uh, what else you got going on?
1: I am uh, enjoying uh, my newsletter I, I do a a, a a kind of an occasional newsletter of some of the writing I do for daily tech news show uh, and and adding to it uh, so you sometimes get roundups of things I've written that are short bits sometimes it's what I wrote about for daily tech news show but with a little bit of opinion uh, added on that that isn't exactly the same as what you heard on DTNS or maybe you just prefer to read it from me and be able to comment uh, about it so if if that sounds like fun to you uh then you can go to techtom.substack.com that's like tech time but tom yeah. uh and and subscribe there
0: everybody do it immediately i do it you should do it your family should do it tom thank you very much merry christmas happy holidays i'll see you soon
1: thanks man politics,
0: politics. and that'll wrap it up for us do Hey, politics, 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 written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show was edited by the man, Brett Stewart. px3guest.com is where you need to go if you want to follow Tom Merritt on Twitter. If you want to send me an email, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Keep sending those emails, by the way. We're going to do a big mailbag. theyoungamerican at gmail.com. One more time for that. px3tweets is the Twitter. Our Twitch is px3live. You can follow me on whatever podcasting platform you'd like. In fact, share this uh, show with your friends at px3podcast.com. And our merch can be found at politicsmerch.com. Support us with a one-time donation, paypal.me slash payjury. Our Venmo is justin-young-20 and our cash app is px3cash. You can send me anything that you would like in the mail, P.O. Box 153184 Austin, Texas seven eight seven one Again, that is Post Office Box 153184, Austin, Texas 78715. The only way you can get our bonus content is TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier, Dustin, Jason, Andres, C. Garcia, Matt, Great Potts, MC Dradio, Unsafety B-Levels, Katie, Amanda, Ye Olde Pinball Shop, DP4 Bongo, Catherine, Todd, persons familiar with the matter, and vote Gloria Young for king of the new world order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100-mile runner, Idris Arslandian, Blue Front and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic, Terran, Diana, turn two, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad Richard, just another pilot. Middle-aged Mike, who loves Frank, got abducted. Utah, Jimmy, Montana, the Gen, A, L, D, L, D, L, D, really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. You'd like to join their ranks? Head on over to Take Politics Seriously. Right now, get your bonus episodes, get your name right at the end of the show. 2023 is upon us. You can hear it creeping outside of our window. Oh, baby. We will be back next week. It'll be a fun time. Hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. Till next time. Your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics and still more discuss politics. But this is the only show that dares discuss oh, three. Channel, channel, channel.